You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Tuesday, Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And since we went long yesterday with Max Chadwick uh, from PFF, I want to, and it kind of ties into some of the other things I would talk about otherwise, uh, I think that it's a good time to, uh, to react to some of the things that he had to say because not everyone is giving Michigan that benefit of the doubt. So um, I think that that is a good place to start for today. So if you didn't watch it, go back and watch or listen to the uh, the episode from Monday in which we did a, the full episode with Max Chadwick and he from PFF again he gave a full-throated defense of what he expects Michigan to be this year and it is far beyond what I think pretty much anyone is giving Michigan credit for except for maybe on this show And uh, granted, I'm not predicting Michigan to a national championship. I do think that this is the year that if you have an opportunity to do it, you do it. Everything's got to go right. It's really hard to win a national championship. So it's not something that I'm going to predict. Uh, It's kind of like the uh, how I treated the Ohio State of it all for years. Right. I'm not going to predict Michigan to win that game until they win it. Well, they've won it. And I still didn't predict Michigan to win uh, last year. But that was. I predicted it all year until we got to that final week. Blake Corn being out, I thought was going to hurt them a lot more than it ended up doing. But what Max Chadwick said is he looked and he said, this might be the most talented roster in the country. Flying in the face of what Urban Meyer said about Texas, right? Uh, because you've got the returning quarterback in J.J. McCarthy. Uh, he talked about J.J. McCarthy's performance against TCU in a similar way to how I've spoken about it in that... Uh, he, it, if you take away the two big mistakes, it's his best game. I mean, he threw for 343 yards. Uh, Michigan, usually if you throw two pick sixes, you're out of that game. And Michigan had the ball in its hands with the final drive of the game, the opportunity to win the game, which is impressive in and of itself. But you throw two pick sixes, you're probably, no matter what the defense does, you're probably not going to win that game. That's just how it goes. And uh, yet, uh, he put Michigan in a position where it very well could have won. He put Michigan in the position to lose, and it did, but he put Michigan in a position to win as well. You got him. You got Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards. Just all of these players seem like no matter what player I mentioned, he's like this incredible, just so incredible. Uh, he was the one who put together that list of the, uh, the top 10 returning players at each position uh, for PFF, and there were just multiple guys on there. Uh, I loved hearing the Drake Nugent love, right? Because he's going uh, further than I've been going. And as a self-avowed Penn State fan, that can't necessarily be easy, right? Like like we've talked about on this show, the, the ability to find objectivity, right? And that's what he is doing. When you're in our positions, you can't just be like, my team is always awesome, And when my team loses, I'm devastated. You have to be able to look outside of that. And I I don't feel like that's what a lot of the national media is necessarily doing. And that's what I'm going to get to later. But um, 
what Max said that really struck me was just that this really could be a national championship Michigan team if it's his current pick to win the national championship. I understand and actually agree with those who put Georgia in that situation, although when you look at Georgia's roster now compared to what it had before, it's still really, really good. It's just unproven, right? Because at least the last couple of years, you could look at you know all those defensive players. Those guys are gone. You could look at Stetson Bennett and how he was a gamer. He's gone. When, when you completely turn things over, it isn't always the same. Now, it has been for Alabama, and that's what's made Alabama special, right? It was for a while for Clemson, and that's what made Clemson special. But those really are the only two teams. Ohio State was up there, right? But one national championship to speak for it, which is funny because you constantly see uh, anytime Michigan fans on social media are, you know, sit there and say, well, we won the Big Ten the last two years. We beat Ohio State the last two years. The Ohio State fan comeback is we've won a national championship this decade. Okay, well, it was nine years ago. And your teams since then have been better than the one that was trotted out in 2014. And yet you haven't won one. But the way for Michigan to get this type of respect across the board that Max is giving them is probably to win a national championship. Heck, if they would have gone to in, into the college football playoff this past year, beat TCU resoundly, which they should have and didn't, and gone and even if they got throttled against Georgia, Michigan would be getting a lot more benefit of the doubt than it is what it's getting. But at least... There's someone out there that's paying really close attention literally to the minutia of these teams, and he's just looking at it and saying, I don't see like how these other teams are necessarily going to contend. Now, I, I we didn't talk about the other teams around. We didn't talk about Penn State or Ohio State. We'll do that with him sometime uh, in the coming weeks or months. But... It is certainly easy to see why he is so high on Michigan. What's not as apparent is why a lot of others aren't necessarily. Now, that said, I mean, I say that, and it's not like Michigan's not being predicted to win uh, enough to get to the college football playoff because they are, right? Like most people are putting Michigan at worst in the top five. I would say most in the top three and many in the top two. But for some reason, Michigan isn't getting spoken of in that same exact way that maybe we see some other teams like Georgia and Ohio State get spoken of. If anyone deserves a benefit of the doubt more than anybody, it's probably Alabama. Alabama is getting that benefit of the doubt, but Georgia, I don't think I don't think it's earned that yet, right? Like they've earned it to the point where they deserve the respect that they are getting. But they haven't earned the, okay, when you, when you have to turn over a whole team personnel-wise, what is that? And, and when you lose your two coordinators in a two-year span, what does that look like going forward? We don't know, right? We don't know that yet. Alabama, we do. We've got a 15-year you know, track record at this point of what Nick Saban's able to do with his team. Um, but Michigan's kind of in the middle of that, that climb still, we've talked a lot about the climb. Michigan's still in it, 
And the fact that it is a group that returns almost every major player from last year, despite having nine draft picks, it's, you know, like it, it, there are certain other players that if you took them away, if you took away Corum, you took away McCarthy, uh, you know, you took, you took away one of the safeties. If you didn't have Will Johnson ready and able to step into his role as a starting cornerback, then I think that the ability to come into this next year and potentially uh, repeat, if not exceed what we've seen from the Wolverines, then it would be a lot more questionable. But to me, I look at this and I say, who's going to beat them? Some say Ohio State. We'll get to that here in just one moment. But listen, make a fast break to FanDuel. It's the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets. Your first bet doesn't win. They've got great promotions every single day. The app is super safe and secure. You can use it without any kind of worry uh, about uh, putting your info out there. And guess what? You get paid instantly, which is, I think, the coolest part. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right. I've got more things to say. My computer is very confused for some reason right this second. I don't know why. Our current, uh, we have a new partnership right now with SiriusXM. Our current partnership includes, um, well, I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm supposed to be reading, reading this. <laughs> oh, I thought it was something that I could say, uh, but l- let me tell you this: you can now download the uh, Lockdown Wolverines, uh, Lockdown Wolverines podcast on the SiriusXM app. We're we're doing things together, which is amazing because I'm always on Sirius XM. I'm sure many of you have caught me on either uh, ESPN New uh, Channel 84, um, and which I, it seems like I go on Playbook more often than not uh, when I've been on there. But I've been on the the 6 p.m. show. I was on off campus once when it was Mark Packer's show, but Braden Gall was guest hosting. I'm still sad that I never got to have you know go on with Pack. I uh, got to go on Full Ride once, which was my favorite. I love Full Ride. I love Childers and New Heisel and Allie. The, uh, you know, we've had, we've had Childers and we've had Allie on this show. So that's exciting. But more often than not, I'm on uh, Channel 372, the Big Ten ch- uh, channel. It was on late last or mid, yeah, mid last week. No, it was a week ago today. It was on last Tuesday. My favorite Buckeye, Ben Hartsock. I love Ben. He's awesome. All right. So let's continue on with this conversation. If I can, I don't know if it will let me do it. I can't, I can't move back to my other screen. This might be a problem. Um, all right. I don't know what's not working on my computer. Anyhow. All right, there we go. At least I'm back there. The dock is frozen on my iMac pro just not working (laughs) um so i switched screens and just just like oh yeah i know you can't go back to your recording um anyway uh 
Michigan is getting a lot of love, right? But not to the degree that I think they should be, right? I feel like you you see that with Texas on a yearly basis. You're seeing that with Penn State. It's and that is love, right? Even Wisconsin some years, that is love that they get. Like, oh, they're going to be so good. Look out for them. Look out for them. They are going to be everything that you thought that they could be. So just get excited because this could be the year. And then they can go seven and five. And it, it's like that never happened. Like, okay, well, last year, no. But this year, oh, yeah. Now, Michigan used to be in that category. That used to be what Michigan was. I remember my last year as a fan. It was 2014. When I wasn't in the media, I was an unabashed fan. 2015, I was still an unabashed fan. But I was at least interning for um, 24-7 sports before I got the job there full time. And in... uh in 2014, I remember I went to the uh, the season opener against Appalachian State, and I met up with my friend in uh, Novi. He was coming from like Detroit or something like that, so I was like, okay, meet in Novi. I was working in Novi at the time, uh, so I was like, all right, let's meet in Novi. I'm used to that drive, and then we'll drive to Ann Arbor, and uh, and then uh, and then that'll be that. So we got back from the game. We uh, we went to Bar Louis. We met at Fountain Walk. And I remember listening to uh, to uh, the rate to the ESPN on the radio or whatever, and Kirk Herbstreet. It was at least like an an excerpt or something from his TV appearance, or maybe it was a radio appearance. I'm not sure. Was talking about when we were pulling in about like how impressive Michigan was. Michigan uh, to him was among the best teams in the country. And this was something that we heard, it seemed, every year in the, you know, in the Brady Hoke era. You know, it was Michigan's taking a big step forward and it's, it's a team to contend with. And this happened right before it fell apart, right? Like right before. One, you know, one, they had one game and then they go to Notre Dame the next week or the week after and completely fall apart, you know? At, uh, you know, 31 nothing or whatever that game was on the Big Ten's very bad, no good day. Uh, 2013, right? Everyone thought that the Michigan-Notre Dame game was like a prelude to who those teams contending for a national championship were, and it turned out neither. It was a really good battle between two bad teams. 2012, I mean, all the talk died very quickly with the shellacking against Alabama. And 2011... I don't think they were getting that hype because usually Michigan does better when it's not getting that hype. Now it is getting hype, right? It's not just Max Chadwick coming out and saying Michigan could win the national championship. That's my pick. PFF guys have a really good track record of coming on this show and predicting exactly what's going to happen with Michigan. So we'll have to get Anthony Treshawn and see if he has a similar, a similar type of uh, mentality. But because um, he's been the one that's really, you know, like I said on the show yesterday, what he said Michigan would beat Wisconsin when no one thought that they could. He said Michigan would beat I don't so many teams when and do so many things that when no one thought that that was in the cards or even possible. Um, but uh, 
Michigan is getting love, right? ESPN power rankings, Michigan's number two. USA Today power rankings, Michigan's number two. So that's love. It is. But if you look at a lot of those other practical pieces that are out there by pundits, Michigan's not actually getting talked about, right? It's just kind of like a, yeah, they're there. Georgia's getting talked about. Alabama's getting talked about. LSU's getting talked about. Texas is getting talked about. Penn State is getting talked about. Michigan's just kind of put up there and then ignored as if you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And there's nothing more evident to me about that than a piece that we're going to talk to in the next, uh, talk about in the next segment here. Uh, but it, it just does not feel like it is a consistent love. It just feels like it's, yeah, they're going to be good, but whatever. You know, it's, I don't think anyone's out there saying eight and four this year. I think that would be a kind of a stupid thing to say. A lot of rival fans like to say it. Some of, I've seen some Spartan fans say seven and five, which is like, you are just throwing darts, not even at a dartboard, just up at the sky and saying it's going to stick their bullseye, (laughs) you know, but, um, it's, I do think Michigan is getting love. It's not getting attention in the same way that some of these other schools are. And I understand, right? It's. There, it, it's not maybe as sexy as some other schools. You might look at North Carolina's not even getting that love, but normally they do. Normally you look at North Carolina and you're like, oh, the quarterback and the receivers, it's going to be so good, right? Clemson's getting a little bit of that, not as much as they should probably, where you could look and say Cade Klubnick and, you know, it seems like they got a quarterback now. They're not necessarily, but it's it's those ones that are kind of the virtual unknowns that, or the ones that are kind of known, right? Like you look at Texas and you say, all right, they got Quinn Ewers coming back. Now is the time, but it doesn't make much sense to me because why is it now's the time for Texas? Maybe it's because it's a weak big 12 and it is admittedly. Whereas you look at, uh, look at Michigan, you, you think you would sit there and say, well, JJ McCarthy, they've beat Ohio State two years in a row, but you can't even get people to say that they'll beat Ohio State three years in a row, which is weird because we've talked so much over the years about the way college football media tends to work at this time of year is whatever happened last year is now what will happen forever. That is not happening for Michigan. And I don't understand it. We will continue this conversation in just a second. All right. So we are very macro this episode, but, uh, I want to get slightly more micro, very slightly though. And it's because, like I said, Michigan's getting love, but it's not getting all of the love. It's not getting, it doesn't need a benefit of the doubt. It just is what it is. So I guess I can't blame my former colleague, Brad Crawford. He's the one who puts together the, uh, the bull predictions at whether it's this time of year or during the, you know, he puts it out weekly during the season. Um, it's very good on the national desk. I disagree with him a lot, but he's a great dude. And, um, and I just want to put that out there. And I, um, but I, it, cause I don't want this to come across as being like me really, truly shaking my fist, but in a way I am because he put out yesterday, his bull predictions and he had Michigan going to the college football playoff. And I'm like, okay, we're on to something. 
Last year it was Rose Bowl. Constantly. Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl. Maybe not even at this time of year, but during the season it was. I don't know. I, I don't know. Remember what it was at this time last year. I don't. I didn't aggregate it, so I didn't. I probably looked at it and forgot about it. Um, but this year, yes, Michigan won the college football playoff. All right, that's progress. As the four seed playing in the Sugar Bowl against Georgia, and then he has Georgia and Ohio State, the one and two seed playing for the national championship game. So. What that indicates, obviously, if Ohio State's two and Michigan's three, is that he thinks that Ohio State is going to beat Michigan, but Michigan will run the table otherwise. And I just think Michigan deserves a little bit more benefit of the doubt. Now, what seems to have happened in my eyes in some ways, and I want I want to discuss Brad in a moment as well, but... What seems to have happened, I think, is probably that Georgia and Ohio State played so close in the playoff and Michigan lost in the playoff that suddenly whatever Michigan did going 13-0 and has just been essentially forgotten because they had no business losing to TCU and they did. Ohio State had no business being in the college football playoff, in my opinion, given the way it lost to Michigan, losing by 22 points. And yet it went and it took on the defending national championship uh, and took them to the brink, right? They had a lead for the majority of the game, I believe. I didn't get to really see all of it. I was working aftermath, but every time I'd glance up, Ohio State was leading, right? Until near the end. And so they get credit for that loss, but Michigan, because Michigan was supposed to lose or wasn't supposed to lose, they get that ding. Now, the thing with Ohio State getting that benefit of the doubt, I understand it is very exciting that they have Marvin Harrison and Mecca Ibuka and uh, all these different weapons. But it essentially, unless they stylistically change, I don't know that it changes what Michigan that they'll suddenly beat Michigan. Maybe things will change if they get, uh, unfortunately, they got a crystal ball for Tywone Malone, the former Ole Miss defensive tackle who Michigan would certainly like to add. Which, by the way, like that would make it two of Chris Partridge's former players going to Ohio State. That would be very disheartening. It'd be very disheartening. But that they probably he's probably much more needed at Ohio State. And if they can suddenly stop the run, then, yeah, all bets are off. But I, I wouldn't put money on it, you know? So, I don't know. It's I think that when you look at it, Michigan deserves a little bit more credit, especially given the returning production. It is a metric that we have talked about ad nauseum for the last three, maybe four years on this show. Returning production means a heck of a lot. Having a returning quarterback means a heck of a lot. It seems like you see it every year and you see teams that are, oh, this team is going to be so good. They don't have a returning quarterback. And then they fall off and people say, what happened? Well, they didn't have the returning quarterback. They didn't have a lot of returning experience. They were breaking in a new team. It isn't consistent. 
right? There are times where a team that doesn't have a lot of returning production comes out and just balls out and does their thing. And there's times that teams that do have it take a step back. We've talked this past week about 2007 Michigan. Granted, injuries played a big part in that as well. But that that actually, that last point brings up one final thing that I want to note. I think Michigan under Jim Harbaugh would look a lot different. The tenure would look a lot different if it wasn't for injuries at key positions. 2015 went the way it did. There wasn't, I can't recall any major injuries that year. Maybe I'm just forgetting, but I can't recall any. But 2016, you had Wilton Spate get injured at the worst possible time, right before Ohio State. You, I still believe that a healthy Wilton Spate beats that team. Goes to the college football playoff. And then I think they would have been motivated. I don't know that they would have won it, but I know that they would have been motivated. 2017, it wasn't off to a rousing start anyway. But a healthy healthy Wilton Spate and or Brandon Peters gets you at least one or two more wins, maybe three. Maybe you still lose... Uh, against um, MSU, probably not. Probably still lose to Penn State. Get basing how the Ohio State game went, probably win that game. Probably could have won Wisconsin. Things could have looked a lot different without injuries. Defensive injuries in 2018. Shea Patterson in 2019. Even 2020, you had both defensive line, uh, defensive edges, as well as now they had already lost a game, but you had both defensive edge uh, edge rushers, as well as uh, both offensive uh, tackles out. Maybe that goes a little bit differently, as well as Joe Milton even by the uh, by the end of it. So things could have been a lot different in the Jim Harbaugh era without injuries. Injuries are part of the game. It just always seems that Michigan has injuries at quarterback. And that's usually changed things. So, all right, that's going to do it for us today. I'm not really sure what we got going on on Wednesday, but we will find it because it is May. It is the dead month. There's not a lot going on here. Um, Unless we want to talk for a half hour about Jim Harbaugh mowing his lawn. I don't think we want to. Anyway, We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for watching. Thank you for listening. Peace.